Hey, everybody. How the hell are you? I hope you're finding your day, spreading a little love and kindness to everybody on this planet because, God, we need a little bit more of that every day. What do you think, Megan? We need a little more love and kindness in this planet. Yeah, keep spreading it. Yeah, I totally agree with that 100%. We got to spread love and kindness. Thrilled to have my guest here today. If you know who she is, I don't need to say anything. If you don't know who she is, you're going to enjoy this conversation. She's one of my favorite people on the planet in this business. She is so much fun to be around. She has got such a great heart for this business and such a great heart as a human being. I am thrilled to have her here. She's the senior director of all things cool that happen in the produce department, especially with local stuff. That's your new title, Megan. I just decided that for you. I'm going with that. I don't know how you can put that on a business card, but go with it. I'll just update my now. <laughs> I love it. Please, everybody, welcome Megan Beasley. She's here in the house. Go dogs. I got to throw some bulldog love on you real quick. Go dogs. Thank you. Thank you. I won't bark. I'll leave that for my, my buddies over at RJO to do for me. But uh, yeah. yes, Bulldog alum. I love it. Well, welcome. I'm glad you're here. This is going to be a fun chat. I've been looking forward to this one all week and just being able to hang out a little bit and share about what you're doing and what your role is and everything else. So as I do with all my guests, I don't read bios because there are too many big words and I don't have the education to do it. So I'm going to let you tell everybody a little bit about yourself and then let's get rolling. Well, I'll break it down from the beginning. Uh, born and raised in Monterey, California. Fresno State Bulldog alumni. Graduated college with the dream and idea that I would go work in my family's business in construction and and uh, design, and that lasted about three weeks. And, Congratulations! Uh, yeah, yeah, I uh, made the bold choice to jump over to produce. And um, 21 years old, started brokering freight into Hunts Point and uh, Baltimore in the East Coast market. Me and my handy uh, BlackBerry on call 24-7, so it was a nice way to merge me into the, the produce industry uh, on the deepest end. Um, after that, you know, did that for about a year, made some great connections, as you do in produce, and uh, made my way out to the East Coast. And uh, rest is history there. I've been out here on the East Coast for about 14 years, uh, spent about seven years in food service with uh, Fresh Point. And uh, the last seven, actually, it's seven years this week with Sprouts. So Wow, congratulations. Yeah. Uh, I, I, running trucks in the Hunts Point market, I, I, you talk about, like, let's go to, a, let's, let's go to battle, but don't bring a gun. <laughs> Good luck. What yeah. an experience. What a way to cut your teeth. That had to be, no lie, that had to be a shit show at times. Yeah, no, I, like, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. I had no idea what Hunts Point was. I just knew, like, these guys are angry all the time. No offense now. I understand it. It's produce, but <laughs> that, that was brutal. That was brutal. But uh, I feel like now that I did kind of check the box, I don't have to go back to that. So. Yeah, you wouldn't go back to it if you had to go back and check the box anyways. No, I, I respect everybody that is not. Oh, it's such a big... People, people in the logistics business have all my respect and admiration. That is such a tough business to be in. I it, Not only are you dealing with what you're hauling, how you're hauling it, when it has to be there, you got dealing with the people involved in all that process, which is a challenge in itself. I mean, no lie. This country I, owes truckers a big, big gratitude, and they don't get diddly squat half the time from anybody. But God, they're such an important part of moving our economy. So yeah. I got to get some love that way. We got we to gotta throw the love out. I, I got to agree with you there. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk a little bit about what you're doing at Sprouts. Talk about your current role. That's one of the reasons I asked you to come on here. And I'll give everybody a little bit of a sneak peek on it. But you do really look a lot at what local produce is and what that means. And I'm really looking forward to talking about that. with you. So if you wouldn't mind, tell everybody a little bit about what your current role is. 
Yeah, so I, let me break down from, you know, kind of give some backstory so it makes yeah. sense. So at Sprouts, we have a very uh, flexible structure within produce sourcing and category management. We have our team over in our corporate office in Phoenix that focuses on high level overall national programs. Um, throughout the marketplace, so Sprouts is across the country. Um, we, right. have, we have seven distribution centers. And so spread across the country in select markets, we have a team focused on sourcing, uh, you know, merchandising in store, out in the field, trying to go out and bring to the store to our customers some of the best, some of the freshest, the coolest local and regional produce. And so my team, that's what we're focused on, trying to grow the business and support overall produce and, and you know, have some fun doing it and, you know, bend a couple of rules and figure out what works and what doesn't. Well, that's retail. But I mean, look, that's retail 101, right? Just because just because you throw it on the shelf doesn't mean it worked. Exactly. Right. <laughs> and so, and, and, on that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and but and and to be fair with that statement too, it, it's it's not like you're dealing with stuff that's not a ticking, you know, time clock, anyways, right? It's only got so long. So, you know, produce is one of those things that constantly involves and changes. You know, I think if you put the same, you put the same apple in the same place every single time. It's not going to be the best experience for everybody involved. It's real, it's real convenient, but it's not going to work long term. So I think it's really, you know, I think that the fact that you guys have that approach on that, that national scale, where you have those moving parts doing different things, I think it shows in the stores. I think it shows in what you guys are doing. Uh, I think it shows the way people shop at your store. I mean, I shop there. I, I say firsthand, I know. Um, you know, yeah. it's just a different experience. People expect something from your produce department, right? I don't know if they necessarily have that. It's like, yeah, I expect them to have bananas, but I think there's a different vibe that you guys throw out there. Um, I don't know, just to me, I just, I feel that when I'm in the store. So, you know, produce is obviously a, a massive part of the retail grocery business. There's no two ways about it, right? And when you think about it from an organic standpoint, I mean, you know, I always say organic, you know, organic produce is a gateway drug to get people to buy more organics, right? But it really is, right? It's 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 because it's a really it's a thing in the store that you can touch and feel and smell. Like, you know, you're not gonna go say, hey, can I go smell that ribeye? He ain't gonna hand it to you, right? I mean, it doesn't work that way. So it does become this interactive deal. And I think because you guys have that farmer's market feel, because you have um, the display mechanism of what you do and the, and, the, and the fact that you go about it the way you do, I think it really does show and I think it makes a big difference to the consumer experience. So talk to me about a kind of a two-part question. How important is produce to Sprouts corporately? When, what's the vibe from upstairs, right? And then also to talk a little bit about why that farmer's market feel matters in context of what I just threw at you. Yeah, so I'm just going to forewarn here that I think what every department is doing at Sprouts, all my counterparts in other departments, they have been doing fantastic work. They have, you know, gr the growth that they have seen in other departments is crazy and hats off to them. But we're gonna talk about produce. Yeah. And what, you know, when you look at how important produce is to Sprouts, I mean, I'm a, my, my opinion is a little skewed just because, you know, I've been, um, I've been persuaded by the produce industry from a young age, right? It's 21. So I have no other view other than produce is number one, produce is king, right? Yeah. And, you know, for me, when I look at it, it's produce is the foundation of our identity. Um, that's how Sprouts came to be, in my opinion. Yeah. And it's going to continue to be that. Um, and I don't know, I, I feel like there's so much 
in produce that you can't get in any other department when it comes to deeper meaning. And again, my opinion, but you look at what we're capable of doing in produce and what it means, like all the messaging and the meaning behind produce. Produce produce is, you know, it's it has the ability to really affect change. In my opinion, I get it different. So when I started at Sprouts, the main thing that was driving me, why I was so excited to come on board was because I was looking at a department that was doing something that was unheard of in the industry. We were offering healthy options at an extremely reasonable price, getting accessibility to everybody, not just yeah. the select few that can afford it, right? And so here I was like, oh my God, like we are doing something bigger than just this department. And so for me, I like, I feel like produce is going to continue to be that identity. And then you fast forward to today, right? Seven years in Sprouts, and I'm still reminding myself of that purpose and allowing that to shape my perspectives and my actions. And so produce is more than what you see inside the four walls also. It's purpose. So yeah. in my opinion, you know, it's too big of a deal to play a supporting role um, to anybody else or any other department. It gives off like huge main character energy, you know? So that's where I kind of see produce within the org. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally, and I love that. That's a great response. Well, so, you know, going back in my time and tenure with, you know, thinking about where it is and stuff. And, and I look at what you guys do from that farmer's market field, which is different than a lot of places. Like, again, it, you do have that vibe to it. Like you just pulled up to the roadside stand and here it is. And it's very accessible and it's, it's low shelves and it's grabbable and it's all the other things. What's the customer feedback like? I mean, what do you, cause you know, look, you're a big company and big companies get feedback real quick. Focus groups matter, right? They want to know. So what do you hear? What is, what comes back around to you about the experience you guys do at the stores? So I know we love to challenge tradition. Uh, when you think about grocery stores, you think about, you know, traditional box stores, 70,000 square feet, 100,000 square feet, super centers, whatever you want to say. Yeah. And I think we have, we've definitely found our niche in terms of like what we want to be. Um, and so for us, I feel like that farmer's market feel brings a specific vibe into our stores that no longer makes you feel like you're grocery shopping. It's not a chore, right? You hear grocery yeah. shopping, it feels like, oh, I got to go do this. Going into Sprouts is not that. Going into Sprouts is I'm going to go experience something. I'm going to go find something new. I'm going to be able to find something that's peak season or new flavors. It's kind of like bringing a, like just some excitement into something that is traditionally kind of dull, in my opinion. And so I think that's what we kind of lean into. We love being different. Um, and we're trying to show that in every way possible from leaning away from just the status quo of grocery. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. No, I and, and I, I agree with you. You know, and I want to talk a little bit specifically about local because it's something I'm talking about more. And one of the things I talk about is what terminology I use called local intent, right? And I and I, I think it's an interesting word when you associate the word intent with the consumer. Like what, you know, they, they pull in, their intent is to come to Sprouts. They park their, you know, they intend to park their car. They get out, they go out with intentions like, okay, I've got to buy my shopping list here, right? Which is which is not what you want somebody just to, to stick to that and keep their head, you know, focused on the paper and just grab and go. But, but the intent part comes in where, 
They tend to buy local. It matters. And they tend to see where their morals and values lie in the products. They tend to align with brands, align with what they believe in, right? So I think intent's a really big word. And it really does encompass local in a lot of ways, right? Because it's, I intend to support my neighbors. I intend to support my community. I intend to support farmers that maybe I don't know who they are, but boy, I didn't know that peach came from two zip codes over for me type of a thing or whatever it might be. So talk to me a little bit about local and, and, and where that's at and, and kind of like what defines local to Sprouts? Because that's kind of a weird thing. Like what is local is one miles and a thousand miles? I mean, you know, I mean, if, if you're not getting, if you can't get lettuce in Western New York in the, in the, in the wintertime, because it's not local, it's like, do you still not eat salads? No. All right. You know, so how does that define to you what local is? Yeah. Local, I think from a very, very broad sense in, you know, just the world today is such a subjective measure or distance or, you know, parameter. For us at Sprouts, you know, we we're across the country. We're almost, I think we're 400 plus stores now. Yeah. And when you look at what local means in every single market, it's going to differ. Um, you know, if you try to say it's a parameter on a state border, or if it's a distance of mileage, you have to think about how that's received, right? So you take right. the state of California, from north to south end of California, it's almost 1,100 miles, right? That same distance is Miami to Washington, D.C. on the East Coast. Yeah. So if you want to say everything within the state of California is local, that's going to mean a little something different with that same mileage over on the East Coast. So we kind of take this into two, two different steps. We say within state, uh, so it can be interpreted where it makes sense, you know, like mm-hmm. Florida, um, or we use mileage, which is 500 miles of Okay. So how, like, so how important do you think local is to the consumers? I mean, how, you know, you're, cause we're, we're like a summertime stuff's rolling. Every state in the union's got something growing. Um, and it does matter. I mean, there's no two ways about it. Not taking anything away from that, but I mean, how important is it? Do you think? Great question. Um, try not to have shitty questions, Megan. I don't, you knew that we knew that. I have been waiting for somebody to do this. Uh, no. So when you look at it, this is my perception of local. Right. I love produce. You know, all things produce, beautiful, want to continue increasing consumption in every which way, regardless of where it comes from. But when you look at local, what is so special about it, right? It has become the last true seasonal source of produce for consumers, right? Love that. In today's, in today's economy, you can get anything, anytime, anywhere. So we are an immediate satisfaction type society today. And the, in my opinion, in food, local produce, the seasonal stuff, right? The, the Vidalia onions, the, the watermelons, you know, the, the citrus, you, that, you have to wait for that. There's anticipation, you yeah. know? You don't really have a lot of that anticipation or excitement for anything that is year-rounded. And a lot of consumers don't know, you know, hey, cherries, that's cool. They're available year-round. But when are they, like, really good when are they the best when are they the sweetest that knowledge has kind of gone to the wayside but south carolina peaches when are those available oh this window and that's it that's what i want i can't wait for peach season you know so i think local brings that excitement and that anticipation back you think back in the day how people used to eat their diets it was eat what was in season right right in the wintertime, if you were up in the, the Northeast, you're not, you're not looking shopping for watermelon. You're trying to get roots 
and potatoes and park squashes, things to kind of go with the fare that's going to warm you up with uh, or cool you down with the weather in the summer, like a melon or a berry or a stone fruit, right? So right. and it takes like this traditional, I hate the word traditional, but it takes kind of like, hey, this is what Mother Nature is providing at this time in this place. Let's really enjoy it and only enjoy it for a limited window because that's all we got right now. Um, And I mean, there's a lot of other ways you can slice this pie too. Like you could talk about what local produce does in specific communities. It gives access to people, it provides jobs. You know, it, it continues generational farms on smaller scales. So I like to look at us supporting local as bigger than just, you know, I think there's a lot of greenwashing and marketing play on the word local. But when you have the actions to back it up, the actions of bringing something to store level and celebrating it with your customers, getting them truly excited about, hey, we got yellow watermelon and it is so good right now, but it's only here for six weeks. Come get right. it. We're supporting the communities that we have our stores in. with We're really going after that. And, I don't know. I think I think you have the potential to do that with local more than you would a commodity that's year-round, you know, availability. And so, well, I agree. I, I think, <laughs> yeah, no, one hundred percent agree. What you said, you know, you create that excitement around that short-term excitement, that blast, that thing. And and let's be fair. There's something to be said about coming in, getting excited, bringing something home, coming back, getting it, and then going back and say, "Well, it's not here." Well, it's local, right? And I love it because one of the big narratives I really believe in is is trying to work on getting people to better understand the value of food, right? Why do I value food? What, what does it, what does it mean to me? Why? What, you know, and, and there's so many moving parts to that. It's a big, broad question. It's actually really hard to answer in a lot of ways, but I think local falls into that category of getting people excited again about their food. And to your point, you walk in and if that apple's in the same spot, every time you walk into that store, right? It's like, okay, that's just, you're not teaching anybody anything. You're not moving the needle. You're, 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 you're fulfilling the, 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 the job that you're to do is to feed people food, but you're not taking it to the next level, which to your point earlier, how are we going to drive consumption if we don't drive excitement into it, right? People aren't going to try stuff if you don't tell them. So when you're at the store level a little bit and you think about, look, how do you guys like define it in the sense of like, how do people know? I mean, I know you, you guys just don't signage at it. And you, I mean, you guys, do you guys go all in? Because I mean, I don't know because we haven't got there. It's starting to happen now. But I mean, is it print ad, radio? I know. Do you guys go that deep into the weeds when you start promoting it? Yeah, we, you know, we're, we're continuing to develop how we call out and you know, share our messaging around local. Right. This is, you know, this is something that is a work in progress for us. And not, I don't want to say a new concept, but the structure we're putting around it is definitely in the younger, younger stage. Uh, right now, what we have in store level, it is signage calling it out, uh, you know, different types of merchandising mechanisms that are calling attention to it. Uh, and really just coming down to, to customer education we're connecting with our store team members more today than I've ever done in my seven years at Sprouts, educating about where things are grown, how they're grown, who they're coming from, because they're really the ones that are talking and connecting with the customers uh, at store level. So we're, we're doing a lot of things within the store. Uh, we're working on building that message and that brand outside the store to, to call more attention to you. Yeah, I think it's, I, look, I just think it's powerful when you bring, you know, you're bringing the community in, in, you're bringing the community to the store anyways, but now you're bringing an aspect of the community into the forefront of the store, which allows other people to, to realize and recognize where they live, what's valuable, what's going on. And again, where's the value of the food, right? And, and, yeah. and, and being able to educate folks at what's in their backyard. Because I think it's, to me, 
I, I agree with you. I think local is one of those things that was a buzzword for a while. I think it's been stomped over a few times by other things, other attributes that are trying to come up. But I think it's one of the more powerful ones that is there that I would like to see it, you know, more in the forefront. I mean, I think you guys do a great job example, but I can tell you, you know, rattle off five places they don't do Billy squat with. I think it's a golden opportunity that they're missing to drive consumption because, you know, it leads me to think a little bit about the economy, right? Like that has to affect your go-to-market strategy in all aspects of the grocery store, right? I mean, it is what it is. Prices are what prices are. But are you seeing when you bring local in, are you seeing consumption behaviors change? Are you seeing people like all of a sudden you get into that local season, I'm going to throw a hypothetical, you get into the local season and the average shopper buys $2.50 worth of produce. But now all of a sudden, because this impulse is there, because it's community driven, because you're putting all that effort in the forefront of saying, hey, look what's here. And it's only six weeks. Are you seeing that consumption uh, pattern change? Yeah, I think, you know, when we talk about local, right? Like, it's not just the act of buying and then putting it on the shelf. You got you to gotta put some work behind it. Yeah. Some work behind calling it out from highlighting it to alerting the customer, hey, it is fall. It is October. You should be buying these apples right here. And there's also some New York cider right next to it. Buy that as well. And also, hey, this is the farm you're buying from. You know, read about. It. And yeah. so it's not just buying an item instead of, from Washington and replacing it with, you know, something with Virginia. Like there's a lot of action that needs to happen after the buy in order to connect with the customer. And so when you talk about the impact of having local, if you just buy it and swap it out with another region, regional buy, okay, you get the sales and maybe somebody might identify, okay, that's a, you know, a local app or whatever maybe. Right. But in order to be impactful, you got to put action behind it. And when you put the proper action behind it and the proper support into the store teams and connecting with the customer and ensuring the product is A1, the price is right where it needs to be. And it's, you know, attractive to be a seasonal item. Yeah, you're going to see a halo effect on produce. You're going to see a halo effect on the store. And the customer's perception, right? You look at local. What do, what's attached to the word local? Oh, it's fresh, right? Oh, right. sweeter or it tastes better crispier, whatever, you know, fruit or veg you're talking about, there's some really positive terms that are connected with the word local in the standard consumer's brain, right? We have to remove ourselves from our produce industry brains because um, I don't think any of us are capable of thinking like the standard consumer. We know way too much about produce. But if you go ask your neighbor and you go ask your, you know, your mom or a relative that doesn't care what you do, um, they're gonna, they'll give you some really good insight when you like, hey, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you say organic, you know? And so for us, yeah, local does have an impact greater if you put all the work behind it and the planning and execution behind it. Yeah, I think that's powerful and very well said. And then quite frankly, for those that are out there in the retail world that are listening, which there's a few of them that do this every broadcast or two, I think it's a it's a moment of pause. It's a moment of like, you're right. What What am I doing to create that halo effect that's going to cross all all store right what what am i doing differently and again i go back to what we said earlier about the word intent right you go in there you give people you know they get out of the car now with intent to do good right they have an intent to do something they have intent to empower their community or maybe they just have an intent to learn something and i think you guys do again a really good job of laying that out there you know walking in to my local store there's you walk 
through the double door, right? And here's produce is, is a section that's there that's highlighting different things every week that's out there that's, you know, it's like, oh, wow, look at that. Okay, cool. But you're bringing, you're bringing that to the consumer directly in such an effective way. And I think it's a really smart move for people to start to embrace local more, whether they're a shopper or whether they're a retailer. It's like, I think it's your point. I think it's worth elevating that conversation. There's no downside to it. There isn't. And, you know, in total produce, our, everybody's main goal is to increase consumption. doesn't matter what part of supply chain you sit on, right? Right. Our main goal is to increase consumption. And so if in order to do that, I think in today's industry, facing today's customer and, you know, all the different changes in the economy, you have to start getting creative on how you connect. That's the biggest thing too is, you know, I don't feel like you can bring in an item, a cool item, a specialty item or seasonal and just think that it takes no effort to sell. I think you got to put effort in, but I think you got to get creative too. Today's consumer is way different than five, 10 years ago, in my opinion. And I feel like they're more influenced than ever before. And so I think we're moving away from that very traditional locked in that, that list. And that's what I'm sticking to. And I think you have the potential to influence people with the right merchandise, with the right product and assortment, and you know the way that you present yourself within a store format. And so, local—that's kind of what we're we're using as our you know our guide, and we're trying to influence as much produce into that grocery cart as possible. Yeah. Well, I think look, you said something. People are we're more distracted today than ever before, and I think that that grocery shopping, you know. If you go in to buy just a roll of paper towels, that's not a really big experience, right? But if you're going in to feed your family, you're going into that weekly per whatever the case may be, distractions are a big part of that shopping experience. You know, it used to be the distraction was maybe, you know, mom or dad's got a couple of kids running around, jumping off the cart, right? That was the distraction. Now it's your phone. Now it's something beeping. Now it's this. Now it's, you know, all these other things that are pulling at you before you got there. Some stores are pulling at you while you're there. There's video screens. There's all kinds of, you know, things flying at you. And I think that while it's a, a way of getting messages out, I think that distraction is also a way of hurting the opportunity to increase consumption because people aren't, to your point, getting that vision, that buy-in, that merchandising, that signage, whatever it is, or that storytelling that's behind elevating stuff. I love what you said. And again, I think it's powerful. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I think, one of the conversations that I find myself having, you know, after hours having a drink with you of my favorite industry folks is how do we connect with that consumer today? How do we educate that consumer about X, Y, and Z? You know, there's so much terrible information out there that has been circulated. Facebook, I would, I'm going to blame a lot on Facebook because that's targeting the older generation. No offense. Uh, no, no offense. What? The older generation? I can slap you right now. The hell? Just, you know, come on. I ain't that old yet. We gotta we gotta keep the boomers off of Facebook, okay? It is causing I'm off of, yeah, I'm not of there. terrible uh news uh news and information spreading. So social but, media. Yeah. Well, we you know the problem is we're just not mentally we are not mentally equipped for social media. Well, it's happened. I, I'm an elder millennial. Okay, I'm not meant to be on social media. Like I, I refuse to get on TikTok. I can't do that. It's too fast for me. But I'd say, how do you connect with the consumer today? I think everybody is asking that question, whether you're in marketing, you're a merchant, yeah. you know, 
you know, at store level. I think there's, like you said, so many distractions, so many different ways in your time to appeal to a customer, depending on, you know, what they're facing has drastically decreased, right? Mm-hmm. You don't want to have that attention span of the customer in your store. You better have your plan and know how to get in front of them before they even in. And so yeah. those impulse buys and produce departments that worked in the past, you're going to have to get more creative today, I think, to capture that same sales. 100%. Well, what, what's, the average, what's the average time somebody's on a website? Like 13 seconds? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like because we just... There's another website to go to, right? I, to your point, TikTok video coming. I got to keep moving. And I think that's that distraction process has been, you know, because of this, because of the swipe, because of the next video up and all these other things that we get caught up into. And I, and when I think about what you presented about the local aspect, about the fact that you're, you're touching people in a way that is so unique and you're doing it at the store level, th- their phone can't influence that. I mean, obviously they could be on their phone while they're shopping, right? But they've got that moment where they're actually visible they're actually visually present, yeah. you know, and, and not stuck behind a screen. I think it's, again, I think it's just a, a really smart strategy in today's world to touch them in that mannerism. You know, it's working, uh, it's working really well. So COVID was super hard to be able to interact with a customer. I heard, of, I heard about COVID. <laughs> <laughs> Coming out of COVID though, we, we started to relaunch, you know, the sampling and customer education and connection. And it's so, it's such an influential thing to do. And I love it when I'm in stores, uh, if I'm in a store where the person doing the sampling has no idea who I am, and I'm talking sprouts, I only shop at sprouts, right? Um, so I walk in and, you know, they don't know who I am and I'm in my, my, uh, you know, civilian clothes, AKA a track suit or, you know, shorts and flip flops. And so like a velour tracksuit though, like 1970s kind of something cool. Oh no, straight up Adidas. Straight up oh, Adidas. I like that. Nice. <laughs> it's Adidas. I thought it was Adidas. <laughs> I didn't take German. <laughs> <laughs> but if I go to a store, you know, I'll play dumb and let them educate me. And I love to hear it. Right. And especially here in the market where it's product that I brought to market or my team brought to market. And I just love hearing them connecting with me. And I'm, right. you know, oh my God, this is this cool. This is, it's made it full around. Like this is a success. But then there's other times where, you know, I'm in a store working with some, you know, store personnel and I stand behind the sampling person and hear somebody so passionate about something that we brought to market. And I'm just like, you know, the passion flowed down the street. And yeah. That's something that is huge, right? Because when I speak about produce, you're gonna get you're gonna get the full passion package, right? Like I can't talk about produce without my eyes like this and ready to go. And when I feel the effects of that on somebody, you know, downstream in terms of like at the store level, the produce manager, the courtesy clerks, that to me is just like that is beyond measure. Yeah, well, it's it's like having a good waitress or a good waiter. Right, a good waitress, a good waiter. They they can up, they can sell you anything. They can tell you this is the best dish you're ever going to have, and people are going to order it. And it's thirty nine dollars as opposed to nineteen to something else, whatever the case may be. But the fact that you've created that experience, which you can't do with the screen, you can't do on a website, but you can do in public, you know, face to face. And I think that that is such an important missing piece to a lot of strategy today is that we don't. We, it be, 
we don't interact face to face. I mean, people break up via text message. There's an app that you can break up with somebody on. I saw, I was, I was reading about this the other day. Some app is like, Hey, I'm dating this chick. I don't want to see you anymore. I'm going to send you a message via my app. It's like, I, we're getting to be that point now. Right. But, but I think that it's just an incredibly powerful tool to touch people because food matters, right? Food is medicine and, and food has value. And I think the more we can educate people about what's happening locally, what's happening in their communities, and as far as even what's happening just in the department itself about the health and nutritional benefits, I think we need to be do more of it. And I think, you know, folks, folks that want a lesson need to call you and figure out, you know, where to, what store to go to and what to look at, because I think it's, you know, I, like I see it, I see that interaction. I think it just, I think it matters. I really yeah. do. In an ideal world, Todd, um, I would just be a produce influencer. You know, like, I'm going to talk to you about this item today, and that's what it tastes like. This is where you go get it, um, mainly for scraps, right? But, right. yeah, I, I had, like, 100 followers, but then I gave up, right? So if if this could be my platform to launch now, my my influencer, or influencer like, platform, yeah. like, and I'll speak on behalf of produce if – if, you know, I could be the poster child there. Good. Megan.com. Let's go. <laughs> 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 you're gonna be on t- and you're going to be on TikTok. I can see it already coming. You're going to be TikTok oh. dancing through the aisles. No, I'm, no, yeah, I'm with you. Neither one of us. We're, the, we're, we're at pinky square. We're together on that one. Yeah, okay. 100%. So what's going on? What's happening in the future? What excites you about stuff that's coming up, whether it's product or, you know, ag technology is a big deal out there now. That's, a, you know, that's an involving world because it really is bringing a lot more produce locally in a lot of different ways. Consumer trends, I don't know, whatever you want to talk about. What's what's exciting coming up for you? Yeah, uh, starting with like product, I've been introduced um, over the past year or so to, you know, innovation and seeds and different varieties and kind of creating that process with the team of how do we bring better eating, better tasting, better looking, what a better growing product uh, to the market. And that's been kind of like an addiction, right? You get your first trial in and it works and you're like, oh my God, more. Yeah. Uh, you know, so trying to pace, trying to pace myself and the expectations, but you know, it, it's been fun leaning in. We uh, were on year two of a, a yellow watermelon uh, variety, learning a lot about, you know, the farm side of things and, and seeds and that whole, you know, kind of. Yeah. But we've had some really great successes over the past couple months. Uh, the greater team is doing a lot of great work across the country, too. Um, so not just here in the backyard, Florida, but the team across the country is diving in and trying to find better, better tasting. You know, we're just out there trying to figure out what's next and having fun while doing it. There, there's a few fails that I have in my pocket. And you know what? It was great learn, learning lessons. Yeah. <laughs> But overall, there's so much out there. There's so much to be explored. And when you have the right partnerships with the growers and you work with them, it can truly be a successful process. And when you have an item that works, that sticks, there's no better. Yeah, I I, I can't argue with that. And I love the fact you guys think about flavor because so much so much today is grown to ship, not really to eat, right? It's about growing something to get from point A to point B. And it's like, well, we'll see what happens. I mean, truth be told, I've got a honeydew melon that's sitting in my kitchen. No bullshit. This is week four. It is sitting there. I mean, it might as well be a Big Mac in five years at this point. But I mean, it is literally, it's like, I just, I, 
sit there. It's like, I know it's not ripe. It ain't going to ever get ripe. It's just starting to make, just starting to get something going. I think this weekend I'll probably cut into it and go, yeah, probably, you know, could have given it two more weeks, but it's grown to ship. Right. And that's the problem. It's, it's not grown to eat. It's just grown to get there. And I think that that does such a disservice to increasing consumption and to your point of what you've made all along about getting people educated, getting people involved, getting people an opportunity to, 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 to take a chance and, and make a choice, but to find something that's a great experience, you know, that that's going to bring them back to you every time. Well, don't tell the Honeydew Marketing Association this, but it's on my agenda to get rid of the honey. Yeah, it's a tough melon. <laughs> it's a tough melon. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really, in a lot of ways, it's just a round cucumber anyways. <laughs> Well, that's kind of the basis of what we're trying to do, not just in local, but in general at Sprouts, is look at what we're putting on the shelf and being super proud of it, right? I think in traditional grocery, we tend to just get hung up on hitting comps and putting things on the shelf because that's what we have to chase in terms of sales. But, you know, I think how we're looking at things, and obviously a lot differently than big traditional box stores, is they do is this, are we proud of this? You know, does this really provide a service? Does this really, you know, give a good feel to this category when we put this here? And it's challenging, I think, traditional behavior and beliefs. And I think that's huge because, you know, change is inevitable and you're either going to go, you're going to keep changing and evolving or you're going to be stuck in the past. And so, yeah, I love that. I mean, that's, and I, 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 what a great, what a great way to come back around to the end of all of this, our conversation that the difference you can make by, again, it's about pride to your point. It's about what I buy this, what, what does this, what is this going to taste like in a week? Right. I mean, just because you got the tomato out there that's nice and red. I mean, you know, it does it taste like a paper towel, you know, when you take it home. Yeah. You know, and I think that's really important to ask those questions because you are doing a service to people, right? You have an, I mean, you can change America through food, right? It's one of the fastest ways we're going to do anything is, you know, I say this all the time. You want to, you want to, you want to change this country's health. You want to change the climate. You want to change our kids. You want to change a lot of things that are happening, you know, start by doing a better job of getting people to appreciate food and put value into it and recognize that, that the power that food has to change so many things. And I think you do a great job of that. Kudos for what you're doing. Hey, it's, it, when you have such a great team that we're all focused on the mission of increasing consumption and doing it in a way that creates, you know, we're, we want to be different, but we also want to bring a lot of value to our customers and in the industry. And you know, like I said, it's not, it's not easy. It's not, everything's not a win, but there's a lot of learnings to be had. And you move into like, you know, ag technology that that's throwing in a whole new element to our industry today and what it's capable of doing. And I know you asked me like, what are my thoughts on it? And I will tell you that I have a lot to learn in this space. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm a key holder to this, to the city of Salinas. So I want to be very cautious on the way I move around this question, but still learning about CEA and everything else yeah. um, in that space. But again, if our whole mission in produce is to increase consumption and there's areas of the United States that still do not have ready accessibility to fresh, uh, healthy food, then I think we're in the right track right we're moving in the right track but understanding how to utilize those resources responsibly i think is something that i still want to learn about 
Yeah, I think I agree with you. I'm a big fan of egg technology. I, you know, I, I think that, that, you know, I look at it. We got 10 billion people coming. We got the aliens coming and nobody knows what the aliens eat at all. Anybody tells you that they're lying or they're an alien because they know. So, but nonetheless, we got a lot of people coming and we're going to have to figure out, you know, and our resources are declining. Our farmers are declining. Um, and we're going to need to make changes. And to your point, you know, if, if we're going to do better as a global community, food not traveling 1500 miles and only traveling 15 minutes is not a bad thing. It, I mean, I get it. And, and I, you know, like, we're not going to not ever have dirt farmers, right? Salinas is not going to go away. It's just not going to be replaced. It's going to modify as it has over time. And other things are going to modify over time. But I think what's exciting about the technology is not only what they're doing today, what we're learning, the innovation, where it's going to do in five years, but what's going to do in 25 years, 50 years, because we don't know what the planet's going to be like in 25 years, right? So I'm glad that these guys are out there. And I'm glad to see retailers like yourself looking at it, paying attention to it, figuring out how to support it. And um, it's going to shake itself out in the next year. I mean, it seems like every week somebody's going belly up anyways out there now, right? So, I mean, it's going to filter out and you're going to see companies that are maybe boxing something up today that are just IT, you know, just, uh, you know, uh, technology companies tomorrow selling what they're doing. But nonetheless, I think it's important we look at it. And I appreciate your comments about paying attention to it. It's, it's, it's a trip with some of the stuff they're doing. Yeah. And you know what? I think the nice part, though, is, is you know, you have a lot of different minds looking at the industry to try to find where to grow, right? And so that's, I think it's energizing a lot of people to refigure what they're doing and, hey, is this really worth our time? Or, hey, can we do better with this? Is this yeah. really the variety? And so I like the competition uh, to better the product in the market. I would say one thing about local too, I really want to clarify is just because it's local doesn't mean that it belongs on the shelf, right? It still has to check that criteria of, is it fresh? Is it flavorful? Does it, you know, is the customer wanting to buy this, right? right. Spec or, you know, appearance or eating experience. And so if we're just growing food to be local and that's all we want to do to check a box, that's not doing the industry any kind of service, right? No. We want to be local, but we also want to deliver phenomenal food. Phenomenal right. And let's check all those boxes and not think that we can just get by by just doing, hey, yeah, it's closer to, to your area or your community. That's I don't the, disagree. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. And, and, and then we don't, need, we don't need additional growers or products into our industry that are not adding value, right? That's the biggest thing is in growth, let's find the value, let's go after the value, let's not just add to add, right? And so, I think it's just having a mission and allowing values and uh, to drive that mission. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, I really don't. I think, you know, and, and, I, and I, again, I think ag technology is going to be something that's going to be fun to watch from. And there's so many cool parts of it, too. I mean, you've got machines that are, you know, oh, yeah. weeding, knowing how to weed with artificial intelligence, grab the weed, leave the plant and all these other. I mean, there's so many cool things. you got drones figuring out how many apples are on a tree and when they can pick and highlighting what. I mean, some of the stuff these guys are doing is is going to be great to see right and i love and i and i love some of the companies that are flavor forward there's some companies out there in the space that are in my opinion going to change the flavor of food not by you know making a lettuce taste like spaghetti but i mean really defining 
the flavor profiles and getting the right bricks and consistent bricks on something. And I think what these guys are going to be doing with strawberries and some of these other things are going to be really, really wild to watch over the next couple of years. Absolutely. I think that's the exciting part of it is that we are creating an evolution of flavor where I think we got with some commodities, we have gotten into the groove of producing for shelf life or producing for grower attributes. And the customer just now finds it as a mediocre, whatever, right? And yeah. so we can evolution flavor, let's go. And CMO sense. For sure, hundred percent. I love that. What's next for you? Anything exciting coming up the rest of the year? I mean, what are you? Anything big for your department, the local folks? I mean, just because you're getting into it now. I mean, this is you're twenty. You're all in right now. You can't. You can't. You're in the battle. Yep. Well, the team. The team is in the field. You know, in the battlefield, twenty four seven, three hundred and sixty five days a year. So summertime, yes. There's a lot of exciting uh, crops. A lot of exciting items. You know, I. I think the rest of the year it it's going to be fun. It has to be fun, right? Uh, in order for us to continue doing what we're doing, we have to have some fun. Uh, you know, I think for us, the biggest thing is just looking on how we can deliver. How can we provide that experience that we know our competition can, you know, yeah. find the ways to win that others are looking and trying to figure out, Hey, how can we do that? Too? And so I think all of us are, are pretty energized to, to keep it going. Um, this year's been challenging with crops and weather and markets and oh wait, that's every year in produce, right? And yeah, but this one's been a little bit tougher. There's no doubt about that here on the West Coast. It's been a little bit tougher. I think the motto for, for this year is, you know, differently, get creative, continue pushing forward, and you know, just keep having fun. I think for me, gonna continue to lead with with passion. Uh, continue to drive uh, with purpose and and really lift up my team and in the industry while I'm at it. So, bam, everybody, drop the sharpie on that one, kids. I can't top that. Thanks for hanging with me today. Hey, this was this was a great way to end my day and my week. And so Good. my weeks actually hurt from smiling and laughing. Well, I love hanging out with you. You've always been just a fun brain to be around, and you bring so much positive energy and and and. It's just important to have that. It's infectious and the business needs it. The world needs it. So thanks for being you and being out there and being in the space and, you know, kicking the dirts and, uh, you know, reminding people why local matters because it does. It's a big, it's a big, it's a big matter. And I think we need to be more cognizant of it at all levels of retail. Thank you for having me. It was my pleasure. Thanks everybody for being here. I appreciate you. Remember, go spread a little love and kindness today. We talked about in the beginning. We'll talk about in the end. Love and kindness wins at the end. I firmly believe that. Thanks for listening. We appreciate you. Check us out on social media, TLC underscore Todd Versations. We're hanging out there because that's where like the Kardashians and all the cool people are. So that's why I'm there. And uh, Megan's going to be on TikTok. So if you need her, just check that out. She's going to be full blown TikTok here right after we're done. We'll full post. We'll post her. What do they call it? A handle? I don't even know. We're a TikTok handle. We'll put it up there. Thanks for being here, everybody. Take care.